0: Seated. Brother Easter, glad you're here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of our God. From everlasting to everlasting, his name is to be praised. The church, the church is many different things church is the ark in the days of Noah it's the place of rescue the church is the place of salvation the church is the tabernacle in the Old Testament in the wilderness it's where the presence of the Lord is and the church is also A spiritual hospital where we come to be healed emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially. The doctor is in the house. You know, all through the week, we are fighting spirits constantly in our homes on our jobs in schools in our neighborhoods this world is full of darkness and also great opposition and sometimes we come to the house of the Lord and we fear battered and bruised sometimes confused sometimes sapped of our spiritual energy and so it's a good thing when you come to God's house to plug into Him and to receive from Him all the resources you need to be strengthened in the Lord. And what's so beautiful about it is we're never by ourselves. We are a family. And I know you're struggling and I know you're struggling and I know you're struggling and guess what? We're all in the same battle together and we need each other we need each other i don't want to face life without my brothers and sisters and it's such a beautiful thing when you see people get up and walk down to these altar steps we don't know what they're going through we don't know what they're praying for we don't have to know all we know is that's my brother that's my sister and i'm gonna lock arm in arms and we're gonna we're gonna do this together and then when you see precious saints of god get up and gather around they're not in their ear saying what's wrong what's going on tell me all about it you don't need to know we just want to want you to know we're with you i got your back i'm praying for you and that is what's so beautiful about the church and the precious saints of God you know what you ought to give yourselves a hand there is no other church like this church come on there's no other people like this people hallelujah praise the Lord would you stand with me for just a few moments as we go to the word of the Lord and I'm going to go to the the book of second Timothy this evening chapter 2 the first four verses of 2 Timothy chapter chapter 2 and uh, before we go there will you do me a favor Will will you look over at the person next to you smile at them and would you say this to them I love you go ahead it ain't gonna hurt Now, I want you to turn around to the person behind you and say, I love you. Watch everybody look at the back of their heads. (laughs) This is how they know we are his disciples in that we have love one toward another. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. The great apostle says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the Lord. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also thou therefore endure everyone say endure endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ for no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. You are a soldier. We all are soldiers. And we are in the greatest war this world could ever know. And God have chosen you. So this evening I want to talk to you about The three strategies of the devil. I couldn't come up with a better title. I just just got it right before service. Somebody walked up to me and said, what's your your verse for tonight? I'm like, uh, I really didn't have one. Because the Lord dropped this to my spirit just before I came over here. And I want to share it with you tonight. Amen. The three strategies of the devil. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. There is none like you. You are alive and well and moving mightily in these end times. And everybody in this room, God, you have chosen for this night. I pray that every ear be open to hear and every heart be open to receive. And I invite you, Almighty God, search us tonight challenge us, examine us, motivate us, but most of all, save us is my prayer. In Jesus' name, and God bless you, you may be seated. The three strategies of the devil. This is a tad bit different tonight from preaching a sermon because it's not really a sermon. It's a thought it's a concern and i just thought maybe tonight and i just felt compelled to do this i'm just going to i'm just going to share my heart with you amen i'm going to share with you some things that i find concerning and perhaps we could all glean something from it i believe i'm in the will of god are you with me tonight the three things, well, I'm going to go ahead and preach this morning's sermon. <laughs> three things God cannot do. Three strategies of the devil. Brothers and sisters, we are in war. We are in war. I was talking to my young brother earlier today. I, I bet you're the one responsible for this thought that I got. After we stopped, after we finished talking, it was just in my mind, in my mind. And I was encouraging him, amen, that we are in warfare. And God is calling us to be soldiers. That means there's going to be some discipline. That's part of the word, disciple. You can't be a disciple without being Disciplined. And it goes against the flesh. There's not only a war between God and the devil. There's a war between our flesh and the spirit. It's a fight. We are in a fight. And the apostle Paul says, the good fight. <laughs> it's a fight, but it's a good fight. Amen. He said, well, brother Easter, how you can tell when a person's in a fight? It's not hard to determine if somebody's been in a fight. Just look at them. Man, What's that? Especially if they lost because the devil will rip you up. But if you've been in a fight, no one has to guess that you've been in a fight. You can look at a person and tell, that joker been in a fight. How can you tell? Their hair messed up, scratches on the face, nose bleeding, eyes swelling, knots on the head. Clothes ripped and torn, yes. He'd been in a fight. But by looking at them, you can tell they'd been in a fight, but you cannot accurately determine whether it was a good fight or whether it was a bad fight. What makes the difference? The difference is this. In a bad fight, you the loser. (laughs) But in a good fight, you the winner. And though we may be bruised sometime, and though we may get our lip busted from time to time, we on the winning team. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. I say we're on the winning team. Amen. Hallelujah. We cannot lose as long as we are strong in the Lord. Not strong in our own power, but strong in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we've got to be in the Lord. It's not enough to be close to him. We got to get in him. And the devil knows his time is short. The scripture says, Satan knows his time is short. He knows what time it is. And the devil is in the earth with a vengeance. He's not playing games. And we shouldn't be playing games. When we come to church, brothers and sisters, we ought to mean business. We ain't coming here to get our feelings all smoothed over. We're not coming here to get pretty sermons. We're not coming here to get a little chill. We're coming here to do battle. Hallelujah. Because the time demands it. The hour is late. Jesus is coming and we've we've got to man up. Plant our feet and say, Lord, come hell or high water, my mind is made up. I will not move. I will not bend. I will not bow. I'm going to stand counted. Hallelujah. Why? Because you are a soldier. Soldiers don't need to be pampered. Are you okay? Did the preacher hurt your little feelings? And you know, people like that in church. They get upset with the preacher. He he hurt my feelings. He he shouldn't He shouldn't have to say it like that. Amen. Everybody wants their head patted. People get all upset. Got all kinds of excuses for wanting to leave church. This is not an hour to leave church. This is an hour to get in as deep and as fast as you can. The hour is late. The time is urgent. Jesus is coming. And the devil is on the war path. The three strategies of the devil. This is just from my observation. I don't know. I might have told you all about this some time ago. But I'm I'm, I'm saying it almost everywhere I go. Because I'm concerned something is going on. Something is moving in the spirit and we need to be aware of it. This is not a time to be comfortable. Everybody wants to be comfortable. Our flesh wants to be comfortable. We want padded pews and carpeted floors and air conditioning. And if we don't get what we want, we put our thumb in our mouths and pout. This is the church. We are the army. We ought to be able to praise the Lord when everything's going good and we ought to be able to praise the Lord when everything's going bad. We ought to be able to praise the Lord in a church full of people and we ought to be able to praise the Lord if it ain't no more five in the whole building. Hallelujah. We need to be grown up. We need to be strengthened in the Holy Ghost. We need to make our minds up. This is war. Now in my traveling and I've been blessed to go all over the country had a couple of trips in foreign countries not much to brag about but I tell you what I've seen enough in the house of God to know that something's going on something is happening and I I thought it was local I thought it was just over here but I'm seeing something happening all across our fellowship and I'm concerned about it I believe it's a subtle attack of the devil Now, the devil don't always come like a dragon breathing fire. Because he come like that, we'll recognize him right away. Yep, that's the devil right there. That's the devil. But he's a slick one. He's subtle. He he comes in under the radar. He comes in with a smile on his face. He's not ugly. He's very attractive. And we got to be very careful because the devil can settle in and catch us unawares. He's very patient. He doesn't do things in a hurry. He's meticulous, and he works very slow, but he's good at what he does. And I believe Satan has launched an attack against this church and almost every truth-preaching church in the whole world. And I've seen it so many times. There are three strategies that I've noticed that the enemy is coming against us with. One thing, number one, the devil hates. Somebody said he hates The devil hates the Bible. He hates the word of God. Another thing he hates, he hates church attendance. He don't want you to come to church. He does everything he can to keep you out of the house of God. And the third strategy, the devil hates our worship. Absolutely hates our worship. And if he can get those three things to be broken down, to be weakened in the house of, the, of God, he will get the victory. And Paul said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Once we become aware of what he's trying to do, we need to have our spiritual antennas up hallelujah we need to be on the wall watching we need to be amen sensitive to the holy ghost we need to know oh no 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 devil you're not gonna get us here we know you're coming we know what you're trying to do hallelujah the first thing i want to tell you about is that the devil is attacking church attendance the bible says forsake not the assembly of yourselves together and what's the next part so so ooh, my, my, so much the less so much the less so much the more as you can see the day approaching man you something's got to be wrong with you if you can't see we living in the end times I mean, it is screaming over the news. It is screaming in our neighborhoods. These are not normal times, folks. We sit back and pray and hope and wish for things to get better. Let me tell you, it's not going to get better. It's been prophesied that the heart of men will grow worse and worse. We are living in perilous times. It's going to get darker and darker. The the next best day that's going to happen is the day when that trumpet sound and we get up out of this world. I can hardly wait. I'm so sick of this place. I'm ready to go someplace better. Glory to God. Don't get comfortable here. Don't get rooted here, how treasures are laid up beyond the blue. The Bible says, don't set your affections on things of the earth. Set your affections on things above. Look up, for your redemption is nearer than what you believe. We need to get our minds on that. The devil don't want you to come to church. He hates it. He hates when you come to the house of God, because this is where you're going to get fed. This is where we're going to have communion. This is where we're going to pray and strengthen one another. Oh, he hates that. He don't want that. What is happening? What I'm noticing more and more as I travel across this country and visit so many of our churches, I'm seeing more and more churches canceling services. I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? There are some churches, believe it or not, there are some churches in our fellowship that only have one service a week. That's stunning. One service a week. Oh, we got, we got small groups. Small groups have their place. Small groups are good But small groups can't do what a church service can do. There's there's something that happens in this atmosphere. You can't get it no other place than in the house of God. And I'm thinking, why is this happening? I'll go to a church on a Sunday morning and I'm preaching. And the pastor said, we don't have service in the evenings. No evening service. Oh, no problem. I'll just cross, cross town to another one of our churches and, and go there in the evening. No service in the evening. Seriously? And I look here and I look there and everywhere, and I'm seeing it all over the country. People are canceling Sunday night. And I've asked some of the pastors, why are you, why are you canceling? And they all got reasons. We got people that travel from all parts of the area, and, man, you know, they come in and then they go all the way back home, and then it's a big deal having them all come back in the evening, so so we just have one big service in the morning. That's okay. That may be good. Maybe that's good for the people that live far away, but don't tell me you don't have people living within walking distance of your church. We need the doors open, not just on Sunday. We need to open on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We need those doors open as much as we can get them open. Hallelujah. We need more people coming in from the west, from the north, from the south, from the east. We need the house of God open. The devil hates it. Our flesh loves it. Oh, that's the truth about it. The flesh loves it. Oh, no Sunday night service? Woo! that's good. I'm stepping out here, boy. I'm stepping out. I might get in trouble, but I'm stepping out here. (laughs) We don't need less, church. We need more. We need more, church. We need more opportunities to win the lost. Every time we have a church service, that's an opportunity for somebody to come in and hear the gospel and be saved. It's an opportunity for somebody's life to be changed. And the closer we come to the coming of the Lord, it seemed like the more these things begin to happen. And I'm like, what's going on the old days, man, we had church. I mean, we had church. Wednesday night, church. Hallelujah. Friday night, church. Hey, man, Saturday night for the people that can't come on Sunday morning, church. Sunday morning, church. Sunday afternoon, all day choir practice. Amen. some people spend so much time at church, they had dinner on the grounds. Remember that? Dinner on the grounds? We don't have that no more. Sunday night, oh my goodness, man, there's something about Sunday night church that you can't have on Sunday morning. Wednesday night church can't compare to Sunday night. Wednesday night, that's when we get hardcore Bible study, Wednesday night. That's, that's when the smallest crowd come out. And you often wonder, why is that? I mean, it seemed like then, that's the night everybody will be in church because that's when you get some good meat. Solid, good bible teaching wednesday night bible study smallest group come out sunday morning that's when we had our biggest crowd we had more visitors on sunday morning than any service people were just acclimated to go to church on sunday morning so sunday morning was packed and man we preached evangelistic we just cast a net and was bringing in souls sunday morning was soul winning time and sunday night Come at your own (laughs) risk. Sunday night was dangerous. I'm talking about apostolic Pentecostal service. If you ever been in an apostolic, man. (laughs) hallelujah. You ain't never been to church until you've been to a one-God, apostolic, tongue-talking, devil-disturbing, pew-jumping church. And that was every Sunday night. And if you didn't worship God, you weren't cool. Amen. We made you feel odd on purpose. (laughs) Sunday night, man, the choir sing. We had soloists. We don't have solos, Holly, anymore. We had solo singers. We had uh, uh, special songs. We had the choir. Man, it was so packed. The spirit of God was so massive in that place. And people walked into his courts of thanksgiving. They walked in with praise and worship. You didn't need to have to cheerlead nobody. Folks came in singing. They were singing before they got to church and had a blast when they got there. Hallelujah. That was Sunday night. Man, Sunday night service got you ready for the rest of the week. Woo! All day at church, you, I mean at work. You go to work Monday morning, man, we had church in my church last night. Man, y'all need to come to my church. And you talk about your church for a whole week. But now, after Sunday morning service, go out to eat. Man, I can eat big now, boy, because we ain't got no church tonight. I ain't got to worry about trying to preach with a full stomach <laughs> that old flesh be like wow no church tonight Woo, man i like that i can just kick back and relax come on y'all know it's true Amen. flesh loves it and the devil does too yeah. hallelujah Oh, my brothers and sisters, we are under attack. If the enemy can get us comfortable, comfortable with not having church services, he will win. But I challenge every last one of you, uh, make your mind up. Every time those doors are open, no matter what day of the week it is or what hour it is, make your mind up. I'm not going to miss another service. Hallelujah. If I'm physically able, if I'm not in the hospital, if not some certain. I can't control I'm gonna be in the house Of the Lord All the days of my life And I will dwell In this tabernacle oh, yeah. Church attendance is vital To your spiritual growth You've got to have it You've got to be faithful And more now Than ever The devil hates church attendance. And you know what? There's an old song we used to sing years ago. The devil don't allow. Some of y'all young folk may not know those songs. The devil don't allow no worship around here. Anybody remember that one? The devil don't allow no worship around here. But I don't care. What the devil don't allow I'm gonna worship anyhow The devil don't allow no worship around here huh? And then you can add stuff on The devil don't allow no clapping around here And you'd be surprised how many saints do what the devil wants. Amen Blood wash, truth taught baptizing Jesus name talking in tongues can't clap your hands Mm -mm. can't even smile some of y'all look scary boy that's what Saul said we are happy people yes we are somebody need to look in the mirror (laughs) my goodness amen we need to be in the house of the Lord can you say amen that's one of the areas, that's one of the strategies that the devil is working on. Keep people out of the house of God. And we can help, we can help change that by inviting more people. <clears throat> Amen. Invite more people. The second thing, the second strategy that Satan has launched against the church. He hates church attendance. The second strategy is the devil hates the word of God. He hates the word of God. The Word of God is our foundation. The Word of God is our map. The the Word of God is our charter. It it, it gives us direction. The Word of God is pure. The Word of God is righteous. It's our instruction. It's the Bible. What does Bible stand for? B-I-B-L-E. Anybody know? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Bible. Amen. Amen. You got to have it. You've got to read it. You've got to study it. You can't sit up here and depend on pastor to always be the one feeding you. You got to learn how to feed yourself. Some of us have just been in the church too long and we're spoiled because we got everything going good. Oh man, y'all gonna not like me after this. We are spoiled. We're spoiled. We got it so good. We got it so good. And we're used, oh, we're used to it. That's the problem. We take it for granted. Look at this building. Look at the history of this building. Glory to God. This is a historical landmark we're in. Everybody can't say that. This building, this this atmosphere is full of anointing and blessing. The many ministers that have been through this place, it is apostolic to the core. There is no other building in this town that can match what we're in right now. Glory to God. Man, we need to come to church and we need to have our Bibles. Oops, I better back up and say that again. We need to come to church and we need to have our, say it again, oh, my, my, my. I've had people getting mad at me for this one, but I don't care. We need to have our Bibles. Why? Because it's war. What is the Bible? It is the sword of the Spirit. Every time the devil came to Jesus to tempt him, Jesus spoke, it is written. That's your weapon. It's not enough just to have it in your hands. You need to study it. The Bible instructs everyone. We all have the responsibility. Study the word. There are elementary things every born-again Christian should know. Every born-again Christian should know. Elementary stuff. And some of you don't know it. Because you depend on somebody else to feed you and you don't bring your bible to church that's dangerous and some have gotten really comfortable with it because coming to church with a bible now has become inconvenient Ooh, oh i felt that <laughs> amen it's warfare and if we don't keep our eyes open We gonna be overcome. We are soldiers. They tell me in the military, there's an exercise where soldiers are given their weapon and they're instructed, break it apart, take it all apart, put it back together, take it apart again, put it back together. Then they put blindfolds on them and blindfolded, they disassemble their weapon and blindfolded, they put it back together. Why? Because they need to be familiar with how that thing works not enough to just shoot it. You need to know your weapon. You need to have a relationship with your weapon. You need to know how to fix your weapon, how to repair your weapon. You need to be familiar with your weapon. That's why we don't need to just carry a Bible under our arms. We need to know where the book of Amos is. We need to know how to find Malachi. We need to know where Jeremiah is. We need to be familiar with the books of the Bible. But that's not going to happen if you don't have it. (laughs) if you don't have it you're not gonna be able to get familiar with it that's one of the tricks of the enemy get that word of God out of their hands well I could just imagine that old devil 50 years ago having a meeting with his little demons those apostolics man they're dangerous they're people of the word well master We got to get the word from them. That's going to be hard. They love the word. They breathe the word. They preach the word. They teach Bible studies. It's going to be hard to get the Bible out of their hands. And then the devil says, I got a plan. You do? What is it, master? I'm going to bring forth some technology. (laughs) That's going to cause the scriptures to be put on the screen. And just by doing that alone, they'll leave their Bibles at home. And the demon says, ain't no way. Ain't no way. You got to come up with something better than that. The devil says, watch me. And slowly and surely, we get comfortable with reading the scriptures on the screen and leaving our Bibles at home. Amen. I was in a church service one time, and I said, everybody in the building, lift your Bibles in the air and wave it like you just don't care. iPhones, iPhones everywhere, iPhones, iPhones. No, 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 I said your Bibles. This is my Bible, that's a lie to the devil. But my Bible's on my phone, so is 100,000 other things. Amen. And you sit there when the preacher opens the scriptures we go into such and such a verse. You take your phone out look around you know I'm I'm sophisticated. <laughs> you know I'm on top of things. You know I'm I'm intellectual you know and I got my my iPhone and you look up Genesis or whatever the scripture is and you pull it up and the preacher gets to reading the verses and you sit there with your iPhone following along. I'm so smart. 20 minutes later you texting your friends. Come on, you know that's the truth. You're checking your emails. you on Facebook. It's a distraction. You know I'm telling the truth. Some of y'all got your phones right now. you trying to hide them. I see you. Amen. This is the truth, young people. This is the truth, saints. The devil is tricky. He's very sneaky. He'll use things to work against us, and we'll think it's for our own convenience. It's not. Sure, it's it's nice to have that on the screen, but that don't replace the Bible in your hands. What happens when you have a Bible in your hands? I love it when I get in the pulpit and it says, turn to this book, turn to that book and hear the pages rustling. I love that sound. I love it when people are flipping through the Bible and looking over to somebody and say, "Where that book at? Right here? Oh, okay. I love that. Because you know what that does? It gets you familiar with the scriptures. You get a feel. There's something about the word of God in your hands that a phone can't do. The word of God is holy, it's powerful. And when you got that Bible open and the preacher is preaching from the word and you following along with that Bible in your hand, things begin to happen. Things supernatural begin to happen. If you're not careful, if you're not careful that Jesus he's preaching about in the Bible, jump out the pages right into your heart. Turn your world upside down. The preacher be be preaching the word, you're looking at the Bible and it comes alive. You'd be like, wow, wow, you read stuff. How many of y'all read things and you didn't understand what you just read? You sit there and read a whole chapter. What was that about? Man, I, I just didn't get it. Then you come to church on Sunday night and pastor goes right to that verse and started preaching holy heaven revelation. Your eyes get big. I see it now. And what's really a blessing is when you got a marker or a pen and you start underlining it, (laughs) coloring it in. Because when you begin to write, oh man, when you get to writing in your Bible, coloring in the verses in your Bible, guess what? It becomes your Bible. It's personal to you. These are your notes, these are your markings. And times when you open your Bible up and you just, I don't know what to read. I don't know where to read. And you go flipping through and you see them through little colored marks you made. You go right back to it. And you start reading and studying and things open up. It's a living book. It's powerful, saints. If you don't bring your Bible to church, my question is, where do you take it? Where do you take it? If you don't bring it to church. Back in the old days, you never saw an apostolic without a Bible. You didn't see people come in the building unarmed. Man, they come in the building, man, they got their Bible and they've been reading it too. Folks walk in there with their Bible, people have Bible. At the end of service, people will will leave their Bibles in the pew so it will be there next week. You'd be walking up, all these bibles in here amen bibles bibles everywhere folks got little bibles mid-sized bibles the new translation bible all kinds of bibles some folks would dare come to church with the big family bible boom 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 big old bible under their arm because they love the word of god they had Bibles in the living room, Bibles on the coffee table, Bibles in the bathroom, Bibles in their truck, Bibles, Bibles everywhere. Because they had a relationship with the Word of God. And the devil says, if I can break that relationship, if I can get them separated from handling the Word. And another thing, when you have a Bible in your hands, you are also being An example of the believer. So what does that mean? That means that when we have guests and visitors that come to church, and and the pastor have everyone stand, and he starts reading the scripture, you're sending them a message when you're empty-handed. You're telling them the Bible's not that important. Oh, you may not believe that. You may not feel that way, but that's the message you're giving them. The Bible's not that important. I just want a good feeling. Move, Holy Ghost. Move, Holy Ghost. This is war. You don't go to the battlefield without your gun. Carry your gun to the battlefield. New converts, new people just coming to the Lord. They don't know nothing about the Bible. They don't know nothing about living for God. You're the only example they got. And guess what? They're watching you. New people, they think Job is job. New people, and they're looking at you empty-handed. You're teaching them they don't need the Bible. It's not that important. Brothers and sisters, I challenge you, if you own a Bible, bring it to the house of the Lord. Let's get back to old-fashioned, apostolic revival. Let that word of God have its place in our lives. Amen. Let it give us its proper prominence in our heart. Let that word get in us. Love the word. Embrace the word. Memorize the word. But at least carry it. Because it's your weapon. And the devil hates it when you are armed. When you have the Holy Ghost, you are dangerous. But when you got a Bible, you are armed and extremely dangerous. And I want to be that kind of person in the face of the devil. I want to be armed and extremely dangerous. I want to know that word. Amen. I want to know that word. We need to get back to Bible study, personal Bible study. We need to get back to embracing the word, loving the word, carrying the word. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Why are you saying this, Brother Easter? I don't know. I just felt compelled to do this. I I, I had no idea. It just, God just put it all over me after I talked to him. It's his fault. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But I believe I'm right. Something's going on, folks. There's a war going on, and souls are being lost in the house. Saints are getting callous, saints are losing their edge. Saints are losing the, the, the sharpness that they used to have, and it's all because they let down their guard, and they're looking for comfortability, they want to be comfortable in church, they just want a good service and go home. This is war. And let me just share with you what I think something has happened in the last few years. In the last few years, I believe the devil has conditioned saints to go to church unarmed and since they don't have a Bible in their hand and they don't read the Bible at home because it's hard for me to believe you study the Bible and you leave it at home. I mean, I'm sorry. And if you don't study the Bible, if you don't have a relationship with the Word of God, then when you come to church, it's not based on Scripture. Your relationship with God is really not based on Scripture because you don't, you don't have the Scripture. What do you have? emotion, feelings, and that's what church becomes. When you're not in tune with scripture, it's all about feelings. A great church service is based on how you feel when it's over. Hallelujah. Hey, man, how was church today? Boy, that preacher tore it up. Man, he said something. Oh, man, you should, oh, it was fun. Feelings. Preacher, get on you and step all over your toe, and church won't good tonight. (laughs) I don't know why he had to say that. I mean, he stared at me the whole service, you know, that kind of stuff. You get into your emotions. And preaching is emotional, no question about it. Preaching is emotional. It taps the heart. But when you are emotional and you're not balanced with Scripture, the devil will mess you up you get into your feelings, it's all about feelings, feelings, nothing more than, man, y'all need to smile, y'all scaring me. But you know I'm telling the truth, right? We get into emotions and we get into feelings and all church is about is how we feel. And if God don't do what we think he ought to do, we get upset. We get mad at God. Church is not going the way we think it ought to go. We get on our feelings. And next thing you know, we come into church, we got chips on our shoulder. Attitudes. Where did all that come from? Feelings. Emotion. Because, see, emotions, they vary. One Sunday you're up, one Sunday you're down. One Sunday you're that way, one Sunday you're that way. Some people don't know how to either say hi or bye to you. Say hello. (coughs) And don't speak. (coughs) Because we get into our feelings and our flesh, and when we get into the flesh, we get distracted. We come to church full of junk in our spirit because we're emotional, not scriptural. And then we come to church, and we're all upset about what Joe Biden did. Who cares about Joe Biden? Come here talking about, yeah, man, Trump said that. Forget Trump. The Bible says don't get entangled with the affairs of this life. Everything is temporary. Everything is here just for a season and it's about to wind up. I ain't got time to be worried about liberals. I ain't got time to be worried about conservatives. I'm looking, I'm looking for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I got to stay focused. I got to be in tune. I got to be pleasing to him. I can't be riding on my feelings because your feelings get hurt. People all over our fellowship have had their feelings hurt and multitudes have left the church over feelings. The world is all geared up, the devil got everything set in place to upset your feelings. Things happen in the news, protests, riots, all this racial division, all this stuff going on around the world, and we soak it in, CNN, Fox News, no Bible. It can't help but affect us. And we come to church, and we got all this junk in our system, and if somebody look at us the wrong way, feelings, and then we got division in the church not based on anything that happened in the church, but based on politics, based on social events. Something pop off socially out there, and people want to protest, and you all caught up in it. Get all upset over devils. They're not a bunch of devils. Devils will do what devils will do. I'm not surprised. But if you're not sensitive to the word of God it will overcome you and you'll come to church with that garbage in your spirit that garbage in your mind it'll affect the way you worship that's the next part and when i'm finished i'll be finished when i finish with the next part the third thing the devil the strategy of the devil is he hates our worship the devil can't stand our worship. We are apostolic in doctrine. We are Pentecostal in experience. When somebody says, What church do you go to? and you say, I'm an apostolic Pentecostal, you ain't got to say nothing else. <laughs> they, they know who you are. You an apostolic Pentecostal? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I ain't talking to you. You people different thank you ain't no other church like that thank you we are apostolic Pentecostals and we are known for our worship glory to God oh he's Pentecostal yeah I know what kind of service they be having (laughs) and the devil hates it hates it he's jealous of your praise He's jealous of your worship. The last thing the devil wants you to do is get excited in church and praise the Lord. Amen. It's war. Did you know worship and praise is warfare? That's why I I, I talk to new people, brand new people, just, just, just baptized. They don't know the Bible. They don't know where their place is. They don't know where their gifts are. But I pull them aside and say, let me tell you something. There's one thing you need to do right off the bat. Learn to worship the Lord. I don't care if you just got the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you were baptized two hours ago. The very day you got baptized, you ought to be worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. He set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Oh, hallelujah. Do you realize what just happened to you? Study to worship. Study to praise. Develop the habit right away, brother. Easter, I don't know. I don't know what I can do in church. I mean, I can't play the piano. Okay, you can't play the piano. I can't play the drums. Okay, fine. You can't. You can't play the drums. I can sing. No, no, you can't. You can't sing. <laughs> you think you can sing? You can't sing. You can't sing. But. Everybody got different skills. Everybody got different gifts. And we all contribute together. And so you can do something I can't do. And you can do something that I can't do. But there's something we all can do. As long as you got breath in your lungs. The Bible says, he that have breath... Praise ye the Lord. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what situation you're in. That's something we all, do. hallelujah the devil don't like it. The devil don't like it. I'm going to praise him more. I'm going to praise him more. He hates worship and praise because that's what he used to do. He got kicked out. He can't stand it when a child of God lifts their hands and begin to praise god and he really can't stand it if you start to dance he hates it and because he hates it i love it (laughs) i'll take that devil take that devil take that devil look at me look at me hallelujah You want to give the devil a black eye? Break out in a praise dance. Hallelujah. He hates it. And so he works overtime to try to calm you down. And unfortunately, for some of y'all, it works. (laughs) It works. I'm getting up in age now. I ain't no spring chicken. My wife tells me that all the time. November 3, I got to kind of get used to saying it. On November 3, I'm going to be 68 years old. 68 years old. Man, it's hard to believe. God has blessed me to see 68 years. I know what it means now to have aches and pains. I've, I've heard people say that all the time. Well, I'm getting there now. I, f- I, know what I know what you're talking about. And there are times I have flare-ups. Old Arthur comes around. Some of you old folks know what I'm talking about. Arthur comes around. Knock on my kneecaps. On my elbows, fingers. Off right and shoulders. Ow! Out of nowhere. <laughs> and sometimes I be in church. Hurting. Can't lift my arm up but every time i get a chance where i can praise god i'm gonna give him praise i'm gonna worship him my legs feel pretty good tonight hallelujah i can lift my arms tonight glory to god every day is not raining every day is not painful but i can praise Him. hallelujah when i can And you have no choice, brothers, sister. You don't have no option. It's not up to you. It's a commandment. Ooh, yeah. God commands that you worship him. Why? He's God. If you had your Bible, you'd know it. Who are you to come to church and praise him like you want? You don't set the tone. He does. Well, I'm not like that. Good. It's not about you. It's about him. And he said it. He he set the guidelines. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He's looking for worshipers. What kind of worshipers? True worshipers. For the Father is seeking true worshipers. I want to be a true worshiper. What is a true worshiper? They that worship him in spirit and in truth. That word spirit is a small s. That means your spirit. God wants spirited worship. He don't want this, oh, lay me down to sleep, oh, hallelujah. No, you don't want that mess. He wants spirited worship. He wants creative worship. Because can't nobody praise him like you? You got your own way of praising God that cannot be duplicated. And God been waiting all day just for you. Can't nobody call his name the way you call his name. Everybody's calling his name, but he's waiting on you. He wants to hear you say his name. He wants you to praise him. Be creative. That's why you got to study. Study worship. Because that's one thing we're going to do when we get over the Glory. And if you're uncomfortable praising God down here, what you going to do up there? And you might not even get to go. It's a commandment. Well, well, Brother Easter, uh, you know, I'm kind of shy. So? Well, Brother Easter, you know, I don't want everybody looking at me. So? You better get over that. We're talking about God here. And i tell you when i when i got into this church thing when i got into this thing that one of the first things that that i wanted to do was be a worshiper because i was watching other people and i was like oh they like they're having so much fun because praising god is fun it's liberating <laughs> it's oh man once you get once you break that mold ain't no going back and i wanted that sunday night service people be jumping bouncing off the walls. And I'm just standing there looking like, wow, I want to do that. And there's something inside of me, and I know it's in you too. When the spirit is moving, something is stirring. And and, and you're sitting there, you're scared to let go. you feel afraid what you might do. So you hold the back of the chair. You kind of rock back and forth. But inside of you, you exploding. Oh, if I could just, if I could praise them the way I'm feeling. Oh, and people, you say somebody's going to look at you and say, what got into you tonight? You never did praise like that before? No, I sure haven't, but I'm going to start. And I wanted to praise the Lord because that's the only thing we can give him. He gives us everything. All he asks of us, worship me, praise me. All of God's creation do exactly what He called it to do. The trees praise Him. Did you know that? The trees lift their limbs, and in the wind, the trees are praising the Lord. The Bible says the waves of the sea they jump up and clap praises unto God. The birds are singing praises unto God. The cows are mooing praises. That dog in the next yard is barking praises. Leave that dog alone. He's praising God. Everything God created, He created to give Him praise. And the only ones that give Him trouble is us. Lord. I want to praise you the way you want to be praised. The devil says, don't do it. Don't do it. I I want to dance before the Lord. I want to forget about who's watching me. This is for you, Lord. You've been so good to me. You've done things for me I don't even know about. You saved me from all kinds of traps I couldn't even see. You are worthy to be praised. You give me breath in my lungs to breathe. You give me a brain that can still work. You give me hands I can raise. Oh, Lord, you are worthy. You give me shelter it's your food that you feed me with my God who don't want to praise the Lord who don't want to praise something as good as he is he is worthy yes. but the devil hates it can't stand it so he'll get in your ear and he'll talk to you you're too tired man I've come to church tired as I don't know what but by the time I start praising God, I break out of that tiredness. Man, I don't know where the energy come from. I wish they put it in a bottle. But man, I could be so tired, man, and sleepy. But I say, Lord, I'm going to give you praise anyhow. But around that second verse, <laughs> around that second verse, I feel my help coming. Oh, Lord, here we go. Amen. every child of God, not even, all, not even the child of God, all creation. Is created to give him praise and there should be not one person I'm too old you ain't dead you can praise him I can't get up and dance like that can you wiggle your little finger I think you can do that at least do something he's worthy to be praised and there's power in praise there's warfare in praise Glory to God, if, if we could only get the concept of what, how deep it is and how expansive it is and how the angels respond when we praise God. The atmosphere is charged with spiritual beings all around us. When you praise the Lord, things begin to happen. Yeah. And the devil hates it. So I just said, you know what, Lord? I I can't just sit down and think of excuses while I can't praise you. I go to work every day, work on my job. I go to the store, I get gas, I buy groceries. I do everything I want to do. Put it in my heart. Give me a desire to want to praise you. And friend, when you become a worshiper, a praiser, hallelujah, the joy. (laughs) There's joy that flows down from heaven. There's a spiritual energy that encompasses your soul. It will change the way you feel, the way you look at things. It'll change your relationship. It'll change the whole atmosphere. That's the way God designed it. And the devil hates it. Amen. And if the devil hates it, I love it. And you're going to find sometimes when you make your mind up, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to worship God the way you want to be worshipped. The devil start coming at you. He'll come at you. He'll get mad at you. He'll throw things in your path. I've seen one couple man men had the biggest fight before church. It made no sense. Husband and wife, fussing and fighting. Just before church. Amen. They always love you. They always sat in the front row in these two chairs. Almost sitting in each other's lap. Look look at y'all. Look at y'all. Make me sick. All lovey dubby and hugging each other. They're praisers, they're worshipers. But the devil threw a cog in the wheel. Caused something to happen. They got mad and they started fussing right before church, got in the car, she sat way on one end, he was driving, didn't speak to each other. On their way to church, pulled up in the parking lot, before he could stop the car good, she jumped out. And you could could hear her heels clicking the cement, she was hot, walked into the church building, got her seat, he sat in the car for a minute, finally cut the engine off, got out. Walking across the park a lot. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Came into the church. There she is, sitting there. He looked at her. He went all the way to the other end of the house. Sat down. Everybody knew something wrong. Something wrong. Service got started. Praise singers started singing. Music started going. And you couldn't help but watch them. She's sitting there with her arms crossed like this, looking straight ahead. He's sitting there with his arms crossed, looking straight ahead. All of a sudden, the song started going, and you watched him, and his head started going like this. The next thing you know, his foot started going like that. Then he started clapping. The next thing you know, man, he stood up. Then he got in the middle of the floor, and he cut loose on the dance and started praising God. And the more he worshiped, the madder she got. (laughs) She was staring at him like she could kill him with her eyes. He got some nerve. Standing up here praising and worshiping like that after the big fight we just had. It bothered her. On the way home, it was quiet, it was quiet, man. And she looked over at him and said, You know what? I ain't speaking to you. But I gotta ask you one question. What? How in the world can you go in church and shout and dance like you did after we had that big fuss? That's easy. I'm mad at you. I ain't mad at God. <laughs> Don't you let nobody, don't you let no thing, don't you let no problem stop you from giving him the praise that he is worth. Oh, hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy. Oh, let's stand together and give him a round of applause worthy of a king. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's a good God. he's merciful and he's provided for us everything we need church this is war this is not a game this is not entertainment it's warfare and there's a target on your back and the devil wants you he wants all of us And God is depending on you. He's depending on me to do our part. So Lord, you can count on me. When there's a church service, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm not missing church. We got company coming over. They can stay at the house and wait for me to come back or they can come to church with me. But I ain't missing church. I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to bring my Bible. I'm going to bring my Bible. And if I don't have a Bible, I'm going to buy one. I'm going to have my own sword and I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to get good at using it. I'm going to get good at knowing where the books are. I'm going to get good with my sword. But I'm not coming to church unarmed again. I'm bringing the word with me. And I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be a worshiper. Why? It's what you want. For all the things I ask of you, all you ask of me is to lift you up and praise you with my whole It may not happen overnight, but I'm going to practice until I get good at it, Lord. This is what you want. Three strategies of the devil, and I declare tonight, Satan, you lose. You're messing with the wrong church, hallelujah, you're messing with the wrong people. This is war and we're going to set the atmosphere when guests come in, they're going to feel something when they walk in the building, something is in this room, glory to God, we're going to set the atmosphere and we're going to grow and we're going to mature and we're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger because Jesus is coming, the general is on the way. Soldiers! The God of heaven is calling us to the forefront to take a stand and be strong in the Lord. Tonight, there's a call. God is calling. He's wanting to enlist some new soldiers. There's always room for more. If you're here tonight, And you are not in the army of the lord you can be enlisted tonight god is calling all who dare to come give their life over to him and experience new life experience what it is to to be a child of god because time is not waiting for nobody and the windows of opportunity are closing all the time this is the hour Ma'am, come on and enlist in the army of the Lord. Sir, don't be caught outside. Come in, come in, come on in. Come on in, young man. God's got your number, He's calling your number today. This is warfare, and we need good soldiers. Are you ready? Then, if you are a good soldier, All good soldiers stand at attention. What kind of group is that? Attention. He got it. Well, we got to go to boot camp. (laughs) We got to put y'all in boot camp. (laughs) If you're not in the army and you want to join, would you come to the front? Step up right now. You're ready to sign your name on the dotted line and take his name in baptism. He will fill you with power to live the way you need to live. If you want to join this army, we're inviting you now. Come, come stand right here. You're ready to be baptized tonight. Brother Easter, count me in. I'm going to enlist right now. Hallelujah. The doors of recruitment is open. You want to be in this great army, get ready for the coming of the Lord. Look at here, somebody give them a hand, clap of praise. God is calling young men. Young women, middle-aged, no matter how old you are, take a step. Join us. This is the end time army of the Lord. Join us! And experience victory. This is beautiful. Come on down here. Come on down this way. Come on down this way. Let's give them another hand. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm putting my name on the line. I'm ready to be recruited in the greatest army the end time church has ever seen. I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to do what God tells me to do and I got a whole bunch of people that's going to stand with me and encourage me and help me. Tonight the clarion call is going forth, come unto me and be saved, men, women, young people. God is opening the doors, step in and give your life to him tonight we will baptize you and initiate you into the army of the lord all things will be passed away behold (laughs) all things will become new hallelujah be strong be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the lord And your commander will be right by your side. He said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. If you put him first, all these other things will be added unto you. Because he's a good God. The rest of you soldiers, will you come out and join us around the front? These are your brothers and sisters. These are your brothers and sisters. We are one together we want you to know we love you you can count on us and we're gonna be counting on you if you need anything we are here for you don't miss church get your bible and learn to worship god and you'll see marvelous things would you pray together all over this building let's pray let's pray for these that have come forward today Let's pray for our new brothers and sisters. Let's pray for the ones that are yet to come. There are still many that's on the way. We don't see it yet, but they're coming. God is doing a great work in these last days. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. And you shall receive the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be able to tread on serpents. You'll be able to tread on scorpions. And your life will never be the same.